This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast number 301. We are the Fight Disciples and this is dedicated to the world of boxing. If it's the first time you've ever come across us, you can subscribe via iTunes. Please do so. Uh, and you can also get all Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. We've got news of another website that we have launched. It's finally launched. It's here, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, baby. You can get merchandise. What are you doing? Are you sorting orders I'm just, out? I'm just, I am. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. You're sorting orders out as we start the show? We've had a couple of orders already. We haven't even yeah. launched the fucking... We haven't even gone public with the website yet. And there's already orders coming flying in. There you go. So fully respect to Chris Jones and Andy Eaton. Who, uh, who, in like Flynn, first two orders will be away to you this week. There you go. Um, we'll give you more information on that at the end of uh, today's podcast, all right? But listen, don't get distracted. Don't go to the website now and start ordering shit. Just stick with us. This program should be half decent. Um, you can get um, everything that you need on our social media, at Fight Disciples on Twitter and Facebook, and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. And uh, Nick has walked into the studio today giving it the Conor McGregor Billy Walk because his one to watch for 2019 has set the world on fire. It's gone crazy. Normally, when he predicts a fighter's going to do extremely well, yeah, they have a good couple of fights and then all of a sudden it goes tits up. It doesn't look like it's going to go tits up for Devin Haney because, my word, his first fight under the uh, matchroom banner was pretty sensational. Punch perfect from the very first bell and then delivered the viral knockout. There you go. End of chat. Yes, I'm feeling very, very cocky today because yeah. he looked absolutely fucking sensational. Are you, are you feeling Tiafimo cocky? Or are you, where are, mate, you are you at? I'll tell you what. Don't even utter that young man's name in the same sentence of Devin Haney. Yeah, I know. Tiafimo's far too advanced when, for Devin. When right Tiafimo is already talking about moving up. Doesn't want this. Doesn't want this. He don't want son. this smoke. Doesn't yeah. want it. Listen, he's got his eyes on Lomachenko's and the commies of this world. That's what he's we'll thinking. See. We'll see who gets there first. We'll see who gets there first. Well, there's a real chance that Devin Haney might get there first because he there might become the mandatory challenger for the WBC belt. That's what Thank might happen. Kindly. But hopefully, Lomachenko sees sense, and when Lopez does a job on commie and becomes the IBF champion, he wants to unify and become undisputed. What's and his... therefore, my boy will get there first. What's in the, what's in his favour? Obviously, is. Is uh, is obviously he's both with top rank, mm. him and Lomachenko. Yeah. However, with Lom- Lopez and Lomachenko. Sorry, yeah, yeah. But with Lomachenko coming over here to fight Luke Campbell. Yeah. Now I'm led to believe that's going to be a top rank show, not a matchroom show. Correct. So it's going to be on BT Sport. Not decided as of yet. It's definitely okay. on ESPN because there's no yeah, way yeah, yeah. that Lom- uh, Barbarum will let him go anywhere else. Yes. All right. But, but the ESPN thing isn't exclusive to BT. BT Sport. Mm-hmm. It can still be on Sky Sports. So it's up to Eddie to negotiate on behalf of Luke Campbell to get it on Sky Sports in Correct. the UK. So that's not certainly not the end of the world. And I, that would open a door, I think, for Devin Haney to get a shot at Lomachenko by the end of the year, if he should so wish. He's got to come through his eliminator first, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, before, before we talk about that, before because there's a conversation to be had there, obviously. Because the Russian kid's ready and waiting, isn't he? And WBC have ordered it. Yeah. However, before I talk about that, because I've got a, I've got an idea about that fight. Which fight? About Devin Haney's next fight. Abdullayev, right? Go on. No. Which one? I'm gonna, oh, you want him to do something else? I'm going to do something else. You don't want to do the WBC eliminator? No. But be- before we talk about that, I want to just wax lyrical about my prospect of the year and how sensation looked. And yes, listen, people were coming at me going, 
yeah. some fucking prospect. He's had 20 fights. Yeah. He's 20 years of age. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of British fight fans, listen, I've tweeted this out. If you're a boxing aficionado, if you're fucking all over it like us two, and you're watching streams of fucking Chinese world champions defending their belts on Sunday morning like I was just yesterday, then you're going to know Devin Haney is. But for most of our audience, most of the British boxing fans that just watch Matchroom or BT Sports shows and dip into the some of the American ones when Lomachenko is fighting, whatever, aren't all over it. Just fight fans in general, not fucking absolutely stuck in the middle of it. That was probably the first time they'd seen Devin Haney. Yep. So I think as a prospect to tip him, as a prospect this year... It's legit, man. He's never really stepped up to this level before. He's never he's never had these this many eyes on him. British live, British TV, mm. live in America, live on the zone, top of the bill, all that kind of stuff. But fuck me, did he take to it like a duck to water? Mm. Is he ready for it? Doesn't look twenty. Boxes like he's twenty five, twenty eight. Boxes like someone with twenty fights on his record. Mm. But so literally everything. I'm, I'm watching him, trying to break him down. I watched it again Sunday evening. Never mind Sunday morning. Because is that when you got a little bit of sperm back in your ball? Yeah, I'm just I'm obviously I was just thinking, bloody hell, I'm good. I am good. Oh yeah, I am good. Oh yeah, right. Well, you know, Devin Haney's good, <laughs> but I am good. I was like, fuck, I've never been so happy to choose a certain prospect when he performs like that. The footwork, the timing, the head, and he was talking on it about the work he'd done with Mayweather's, and I was like, that's it. He looks so he much is. like Pretty Boy Floyd Mayweather. Exactly, he's not money. He's pretty, pretty boy, boy Floyd. Yeah, he is. Pretty boy Floyd. The same defense, the same movement, the same combination, the same nastiness, and the same nastiness. He's a finisher, an absolute finisher. We talked about Shakir Stevenson in New York a few weeks ago, and he was pulling off this big Mayweather style performance. A money Mayweather put you to sleep. Doesn't get hit. Doesn't waste much, but quite boring. So watch money Mayweather. Devin Haney. You're right. He's pretty boy Floyd. He's fucking absolutely sensational. And for me, in terms of young prospects coming through... Here he is now. Go on, boy. He and Tiafimo. Oh, there you go. That's some fight, though. That is some it fucking is. fight. It is. Well, that whole division... And then you've got Javonta that could come up as well. And Ryan Garcia, who's just popped up there. I know, but listen, I, I did a lot of analysis around Ryan Garcia because he was almost my prospect of the year. He was, he'd come within a... He'd come within a a midgey's dick. No, he come within two two losses to Devin Haney in the Golden Gloves finals, mm. close mm. to getting chosen, and in the end, Devin overtook. I think Ryan Garcia for me will always be just in the shadow of Devin Haney and probably Tiafimo Lopez as well. But again, yeah, fucking great fight, and throw Joe Cordina in there, man. Fucking let's get going, let's get the party going. Mm. It's a hell of a division, isn't it? Oh. When Lomachenko's unified champ, you've got Comey up there as well. You've got Luke Campbell who's going to be taking on Lomachenko for. His well for three of those belts at the end of August, and then you've got all those lads that we've just mentioned there yep. that are twenty and twenty-one. Fucking hell! It's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, it is absolutely phenomenal. Now to come back to the point you were making earlier, WBC have now ordered um, Abdulayev Avnian a final eliminated or a WBC so what, silver belt or whatever it is. So what they did, they they created that round robin tournament, didn't they? Which Tiafimo was in one of the fights. Yeah. Devin Haney was in the other fight against Abdulayev. Mm-hmm. Now, Tiafimo isn't going to go down the WBC route. He's going to go down the IBF route because he's also been called for an IBF eliminator. He's going to take that fight, then hopefully fight Kami by the end of the year. Okay. All right. So therefore now you would automatically think because they classed it as a round robin, Tiafimo versus Devin Haney would end up becoming the mandatory challenger for Lomachenko because that second leg is no longer there, the Tiafimo fight, you would automatically think that Haney and Abdulayev is a final eliminator to become mandatory for the WBC belt. Yep. There you go. However. You don't want him to do that. No. What do you want him to do? 
I want him to, and this is this comes back to the TV thing before. If Eddie can swing this to be a, a match, a Sky Sports card in the UK, because Luke Campbell's obviously in the in the main event. I want to see so effectively be a bit of a matchroom top rank hybrid production with Sky and top rank. You know what I mean? Then I would like to see Devin Haney come over here in the co-main event and fight a prominent British lightweight. Like who? Like an Anthony Crawler? Maybe. Lee Selby, maybe. Selby's a shout. You know? Um, but Selby... Even, even 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 Ricky Burns could get the nod. Even Ricky Burns. It'd have to be an Eddie fighter. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at. You know, I'm looking at these British guys. Would you guys chuck Cordina that, in? It's just a little bit too early for Joe, isn't it? I think it's just that, you know, it's a fucking big leap going from Masha Dodd, all due respect to Masha Dodd, to fighting against um, Devin, Haney. Devin Haney, for Christ's sake. However, I just think there could be an opportunity there. I think, listen, I think the fight probably five or six fights. You're only doing this because you want him on British soil so you can go there I'm and not one out over him for a week. put something into Eddie's head here <laughs> because to go to a show in the UK featuring Loma and, and Devin, Devin Haney, Haney on the same card, yeah. That's Nick Pete's wet dream right there. You know what I mean? So that's a get your Mohawk socks in abundance. Coming, right? coming soon, by the way. Coming soon, by the way, quite literally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Selby, Crawler. Listen, I, I know Crawler's just had a, a, a tough time in Lomachenko and he'll fucking hate me for even shouting it the way Devin Haney <laughs> p- performed at the weekend. However, if you're Devin Haney in pursuit of Lomachenko, who better to face than the guy who's just faced Lomachenko? And... Do what boxers do. Try and one up them. And again, I'm fucking. I'm. I'm. I'm upset. Are you I don't into the walls, man? <laughs> I'm upset at the quality. Yeah. And I, I, literally, I don't want that fight to happen. I, but then, would Lee Selby not raise his hand up and go, "Go ahead, yeah, I'll have a go with that." He should do. Uh, or even Ricky Burns. What's Ricky got to lose? This stage in his career, the only way he's going to get a world title fight is if something like this falls out of the out of the sky. Mm. So I just don't know. Well, I think it will be Abdullayev. That's what I think they will do. Yeah. And I think they'll do it, try and win the And, they, and they'll keep the Devin States. Haney on American soil. Yeah, because, so. listen, he's a fucking superstar, let's be honest. Eddie was right in, a, in the post-fight interview when he was like, if this guy was British, we'd be fucking fighting over ourselves to get to him. You should embrace him in America. And it's kind of right. I know why he did that, because Americans are weird, aren't they, the way they support their boxers. But mm. um, Devin Haney, man, he was absolutely sensational. Yeah, he was. You're welcome. Um, did you catch the uh, Jamel Herring fight? Yes. I thought he was absolutely superb. Not one that I would have picked, by the way. I thought Ito, I've seen Ito a couple of times, and I thought that he's absolute mustard. Jamel Herring, I thought it might just be a little bit of a throw too far for him, but I thought he was brilliant. Really, really good. Won the fight very, very comfortably. His story's absolutely tremendous. A former Marine. I'm sure a lot of people already know about this kid's story. And it sets up maybe a nice unification fight with uh, Birchell. Yeah, a massive fight. And you know what? It's funny because, and I was chatting with Steve Lillis, the uh, the boxing journalist, about this on uh, on social media with Chris Walker. And uh, it's like, you know, that, that Team USA boxing has been so shit at the Olympics yeah. in recent years. they got years. four world champions out of that yeah, group now. That's what it? I mean. They didn't get a fucking, a, they hardly got a medal between them. And yet there's four world champions there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, they were fucking doing something right. They obviously weren't fencing. They were teaching them how to become <laughs> world champions. So, But yeah, man, I love stories like that. I love a backstory, you know, and he's got the fucking ultimate backstory, hasn't he? So mm. There you go. WBL super featherweight champion. Can... You you want to talk about that dodgy Chinese stream that you watched on Sunday morning? Because I didn't watch it. So yeah. go on, give us a little bit of intake into well, Kanzu. 
it it was a funny weekend. It's, well, it was it was all right. Kanzu looked good, to be honest. Shun Kubo, the the Japanese kid. I watched this on a, as you say, YouTube. The whole fight's on YouTube if you want to go and watch it. It is worth watching because Kanzu, there's a lot of momentum behind him. He's only the third Chinese man in history to become a world champion. Um, he dropped Kubo in the fifth round, stopped him on his feet in the sixth round. The re- to be fair, the referee, this Gustav Padilla, uh, Panamanian he is, he was absolutely fucking mustard. The stoppage, and you know me, I'm I'm a fucking let them go to, to the sun, you know what I mean? Fucking it's a world title fight, there is no tomorrow, let them die in the ring, that's me. But I think, if watch this fight, and Gustavo Padillo's stoppage in the sixth round is perfect, perfectly timed. So Kuba gets dropped heavy with a beautiful left hook in the fifth round, little inside, little exchange in the sense of the ring, and then Zoo comes out. And to be fair, I know now why um, our boy Jordan Gill the other week was talking about fighting Kanzu, because you know did, did it? He can't go backwards. Basically, going backwards, he looks awful. He's quite flat-footed, but going forwards, he's quite aggressive. And he mm. put, if you let him, he can put five and six punch combinations together. Looks really good, and he's obviously got a bit of a sting in there as well. But he is an accident waiting to happen a little bit. But this Japanese kid was kind of fed for him. It was a good stoppage, as I say. The referee was outstanding. It's worth watching, man. It's, it's, it's definitely worth watching. But in terms of the featherweight wor- division, all right, he, he's not. You know, he's he's fringe top ten at best. Can you? Is it is it worth watching more than going to go and rewatch you if Yuri's fight? Don't watch a Huey Fury fight at all. <laughs> I fucking could have told you that last week before the fight even played Just out. Just a bit. This is what I've written down on the notes for today's show, yeah? Can't be asked discussing Huey Fury fight. Well, to be honest... And that's no shade on Huey, because I actually no. thought physically he looked well. He did what he was supposed to do, but the fight was just fucking rubbish. Well, I what got was a, the point of it? I got in a conversation over the weekend in terms of... Oh, with the Big Dave. Big Dave? The White Rhino? All right. So the White Rhino was talking about Fabio Maldonado. Maldonado was like, mm, he's a bit shit. He fought Michael Hunter over the weekend. And I was like, yeah, if you look at his record in boxing, it looks impressive. He's like 26-2. and two. But he's, his fights have all been pretty much all been in Brazil, apart from the two he's lost. And they're all against fucking just Brazilian journeymen. I said, look at his, his whole fight sports resume to get a clear indication of who Fabio Maldonado is. 50-odd fights in boxing and MMA, lost about 20, 16, 18. I, don't, I can't remember now. I tweeted the White Rhino, the, the actual specific stats. Maldonado has won two, lost six hmm. across MMA and boxing over the last two years. That's just where he is. He's a veteran. Okay, he got robbed against Fedor, but it is what it is. But I was like, yeah, so Michael Hunter fighting him was never, ever going to be a competitive fight. Maldonado's finished and washed up and has never really been a boxer anyway. Probably the worst fight you're going to see on TV this weekend. <laughs> and then fucking Huey Flory's opponent just went, literally, literally went, hold my beer. He was straight from the bar. He was absolutely the shittest TV headliner perf- opponent I've ever seen. <laughs> Chris Norad, well done. We'll send you the trophy, son. To <laughs> <laughs> so come in and headline a professional boxing show on TV. Never mind the fact that it's fucking terrestrial TV as well. To headline a card and be that shit. Oh, it was embarrassing. Mm. It was absolutely embarrassing. Honest to God, I don't know why fucking Mick Hennessy, fucking I should wear a mask. I don't know what the fuck he's got over ITV. How has he got channel that ITV? Five. Oh, channel channel five. five. Sorry, Channel 5. I don't know how he's got this Channel 5 deal, putting on main events like that. Honest to God, I don't say this lightly, I, honestly, because I'm fucking big shit house. But I'd have a go with Chris Norad. <laughs> 
is this mu- is this as much as you'd have a go at me? Because you're calling me out on social media this week. So now you've gone from me to calling out Chris Norad. Probably more of a fair fight, to be fair. Is that is that is that your warm up fight for that's me? Me, me warm up, yeah. Chris Norad, he was fucking last, wasn't he? Embarrassing, like. Uh, Mark Lyson, my mate, who's been on this show, I had him on Fight Disciples a few months ago uh, on the Radio City show. He was he was reffing it, and I, you know what? I, I had to do everything. You felt sorry for him. I did. I had to do everything to stop myself from texting him going, He wouldn't have answered it, mate. Mark, he was reffing I'm, the fight. Mate, pff, he could have done. He could have fucking easily done, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was poor. And listen, I rank Huey. Huey's a top 15 heavyweight. That's a fact. But Chris Norad... Isn't going to test him. He's not going to bring anything out of What Huey. was the point? What was the point? Mm. And it's embarrassing that this is going out on terrestrial TV because there's real momentum in boxing right now, especially heavyweight boxing. There's a big opportunity. Choose the right opponent. And it could have been massive. Like, I don't know what Mick Hennessy's trying to do here. Who are you, like, who are you deceiving? You, you're, you can't be deceiving Huey Fury because Huey fucking has harder spars than that. I'm telling you that for a fact. So it's only the public who are tuning in going, oh, I can't afford Sky or BT Sports. But boxing's buzzing right now, and I always love boxing. So, oh yeah, great a bit of free boxing Fury, on Channel Five. Fury, there's a name there. Yeah, I recognise that. He's there. Uh, I'm going to right, watch this. Sweet, I'm, I'm going to watch this. Yeah. And you watch that, and you think it's a fucking joke, an absolute joke. Mm. Chris Norad couldn't beat Huey Fury if Huey Fury had both arms tied behind his back. <laughs> He'd still knock him out. <laughs> there you go. Don't go watch it. <laughs> There's a, there's a review for you. You should do TV Times reviews, you, mate. Do you know, like on film posters when they have quotes from like people that review films and uh, when music albums come out, there's always a review on the back of it. Five stars. Absolutely spine-tingling. But you should do them for boxing <laughs> events. Don't go back and watch this. Chris Norad couldn't knock out Huey Fury if you had both of his hands tied behind his back. <laughs> oh, it's a fact. <laughs> Fucking Chris Norad. He's, do you know what? The worst thing is... He was 17 and 0. He was 17 and 0. And you still fancy it? 17, I'm guessing, fully able-bodied men stood in front of him and lost. Mm. What is going on? There you go. <sighs> that was uh, that was Fight Sports this weekend. Quite a weekend. Quite a weekend in the world of mixed martial arts as well as you'll find on our uh, other podcast, which is available for you to download right now via iTunes and via our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, but there is a little bit of news going on. You will have heard us just allude to it a moment or two ago. Lomachenko Campbell. Um, co- contradicting reports, right? So Bob Arum's come out and he said, August 31st, it's done. He hasn't confirmed a venue for that. But when we spoke to Shane McGuigan a couple of weeks ago up in Scotland, he told us that it was going to be the O2. Yep. Eddie's come out, uh, I think, over the last 24 hours, 36 hours, and said it's not confirmed as of yet. So I'm assuming that it's the venue thing that's holding it up, where it's going to be. Because both parties are saying Lomachenko-Campbell's happening. It's happening 31st of August. But neither of them have come out and absolutely nailed on where it's happening. So I'm, I'm assuming that that is the hold-up. But I can't see it being a major hold-up because Lomachenko said he fancies London. Mm-hmm. I think Campbell would go anywhere. So... All they need to do is thrash that out, get it done, and I reckon over the next seven days we'll have some confirmation as to uh, when, where, and how it's all happening. I thought it was done. I thought it was the O2, August 31st. I thought it was locked in. That's what Shane told us. Hmm? Bob Aram has confirmed the date, but no venue. And Eddie said that none of it's done, as of yet. That's what it's at. But hopefully, over the next seven days, we get some confirmation. London would be absolutely tremendous. I know there's a lot of Hull fans out there that want it at the KCON. I know that that was in play at some point. 
but I think it will be London's O2 on August 31st uh, for that fight. Did you see, by the way, uh, that uh, Rubizi Ramirez, the uh, two-time Olympic gold medalist, the Cuban, mm-hmm. has decided to turn professional and he has uh, signed up to top rank. They've got some fucking stable them, haven't they? I eh? know, exactly. Lomachenko, Tiafimo, and now uh, this boy. They've obviously also got Terence Crawford as well. He is absolutely tremendous, this kid. I've been fortunate enough to see him in the flesh at the Olympic Games, and he was mustered then. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a two-time Olympic uh, gold medalist, but he's got a bit of spite in his, uh, his stuff as well. He's beaten some lads that have already turned over. It would be interesting if at some point, and you would think with the narrative of them in the amateurs, him and Shakur Stevenson at some point will get it on in the professional ranks. Yeah. That'll be a cracker. Absolutely. And um, I think everyone in, in boxing, in the round boxing, and I tell you that this kid and knows this kid was like, Absolutely flipping out, except Shakir Stevenson, who's probably like, what? <laughs> Stay in Cuba, you bastard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, so, listen, what a, is it with a top massive, rank, a massive all, addition for Top, top rank. rank. He's just, he mu- he's got some big balls, hasn't he, is, uh, Bob? Lomachenko, Crawford, now he's got this kid. Yep, it's crazy. Has he got the best, would you say he's got the best talent signed up to his stable? It's hard to argue otherwise. Yeah, there's a you know PBC have got a decent fucking little stable as well, like. Mm. But there's rumours that they're getting bought by uh, your mate by Dana. Yeah, um, I'm going to say top rank of the boys. They've got the boys, haven't they? Not fucking about tough, or like, top rank. It's tough. Matchroom have got a fucking hell of Eddie's got a good stable, you know. Mm. Some decent kids, and most of them fucking out this weekend as well. Mm. Um, July the 6th, by the way, Manchester is the destination. Lawrence O'Call is going to be on that card doing his thing. We're hearing that Boazzi might headline that particular card, but the core main... What date's that, sorry? July the 6th. I thought it was uh, Fitzgerald and uh, Brian Wait, Rose main event. Are you going to let me finish what I'm saying? I thought that was the main event. It's not the main event. Do you want me to finish what I'm saying? Yep. Fitzgerald and uh, Brian Rose are also on this card as the core main. There is a headline still to come. Uh, rumoured to be Joshua Bowatsi. But that's a... Listen, we had him on the show, didn't we? Fits it. And we're a little bit gutted that it isn't Ted Cheeseman. We mm-hmm. wanted it to be Ted Cheeseman because of the momentum off the foul of fight, get him in with Cheeseman, and then get him moving through the gears. Because as he says himself, he needs those needle fights to get himself up for it. Okay, Cheeseman wanted another knock. Coming off a loss, he wants another knock in order to set up the fight with Fitzgerald probably for September, October. Okay, that's cool. But Fitzgerald needed something to get his get his juices going. And I suppose Brian Rose, a Preston versus Blackpool knock uh, in Manchester's just what the doctor ordered as a, as a, as a, as a second event, I suppose, compared to uh, the Ted Cheeseman fight that we all wanted. Yeah, absolutely. I listen, I think that could still work out as the main event, even if, even if, um, Buati comes over on it, just because obviously Buati fights this weekend. So I'm guessing the wait and see how he comes through against Pedaban to see if he's, and he should, and he will come through clean, obviously, but, than any freak injuries. What are they going to do? Throw him in a in a some kind of title fight, or you know? Do you know what the rumor was? Yeah, the rumor was him and Callum Johnson. Wow. Okay. Now that's a main event. That was the rumor. I don't know whether that's on. Joe listens to the show. I've no doubt he'll be texting me saying you're talking bollocks. But yeah. that was the rumor that was knocking about. That would have been that. that. Now that's a main event. So if you go all British like that, that's a main event. Um, but I think. If if it's not that fight, if it's if it's Buati against an import for the international belt or whatever, I think they'll flip it. Just because Yeah, you're probably right. Preston versus Blackpool. It'll be banging one. Sells it? a lot of tickets. Fucking in Liverpool when he fought against Fowler, it felt like you were in Preston. Mm. The fans were absolutely ballistic went absolutely ballistic for the for Fitzgerald. So 
wouldn't surprise me if that got flipped around. But I guess we're waiting to see that now. Boati goes this weekend mm-hmm. and comes through unscathed then. Wow, interesting. Week after, July the 13th, Joe Joyce is on that card that you're going to see uh, Dubois and Gorman going at it. And it's rumoured that it will be uh, Bryant Jennings that he's fighting. Wow. Good fight. Yeah, that's a really good fight, yeah. Eddie wanted it. Eddie was... Wi- Check this out, right? Eddie Earn was willing to pay Philip Hergovic's uh, wages to fight on a BT card to take on Joe Joyce on that card. He's fucking got some nuts, hasn't he? Is that lad? <laughs> Hergovic, by the way, looked well looked at the good. weekend, didn't he? he did look well at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but... The rumour is that it will be Bryant Jennings that fights uh, Joe Joyce on that card. Good fight again. You can't knock Joe Joyce for the hey. level of opponent that he's fighting. <clears throat> he's, taking, he's fighting some serious dudes. He's taking the right opponents to move him the speed he needs to move. You know, he's right to get away from Dubois and Gorman because they're going to slow him down. Like they, He needs to be fighting ranked guys, and, and Bryant's a ranked guy. I think mm. it's a perfect fight for him. I'm not surprised that he's tried to cut in there because you get watch... get Ergovic in there. Yeah, because you watch Joe and you think... You know, he's slow. He's hittable. He's cumbersome, and you can fucking ping one off his head. The problem is, eight or nine have tried, and eight or nine have been stopped. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, you can't doubt Joe Joyce's validity as a heavyweight contender at the moment. And if he does a number on Bryant, and he probably will, mm. then fuck me, he's a win or two away from a decent mm. title shot. Now, I know that you've got this geezer on the, the Radio City talk show, uh, live from New York this week. What took so long in, or, in actually announcing the Hassan and Dam fight? Because we've known about it for time. What are you doing that for? Dollar? Is that what it was? Did he, want, did he want? He wants some money, did he? Cheddar. Did he? He wanted a few more quid, did Hassan, to get cheddar. in there, did he? I think I think it was cheddar for everybody. I think uh, when you're a co-main event in New York and Anthony Joshua, I think you want to get paid. Yeah. And, I think and you're you, a world champion and a ring magazine champ and as well. You're world number one. And I think if you're Hassan Dam, you want to get paid as well. So Especially if you're a middleweight going up to fight the number one super middleweight. Yeah. I, I think, don't forget, this is the weird situation Eddie's in at the moment is... With one head on, Eddie's in America going, yeah, man, I'm a sign of fucking Devin Haney. I'm a sign of Michael Hunter. He doesn't talk like that. Give us an Eddie voice and I'll pick up. All right, son. How are you? There you go. All right, son. I'm over in America fucking signing Devin Haney. Fucking hell, mate. Got this fucking cunt coming over here. <laughs> so there's- Can you imagine if he did that? Got this fucking cunt coming over here. <laughs> Gonna fuck them all up. The point I'm trying to make is Eddie's signing all these American stars and paying them the zone money. Yeah. And they're going, fucking come over here for this the zone money. Wait, we've signed him on the zone money and we're signing this guy on the zone money. And then he picks the phone to the Brits and goes, Wanna fight in New York? Oh no, can't pay you that. But uh, what, what where's where's the fucking the zone money for us, Eddie? Yeah. Where's our the zone money? Yeah, yeah. So I think there was a the zone money conversation went on. Okay. With everybody. Right. Because everybody wants the zone money. They want some of that the zone. Okay, of course they do. But it, it sorted itself out. I think, um, you know, at, at, after the journey Callum Smith was on, I ain't going to begrudge him a defence oh, like Hassan Dam. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? There's bigger fights to come. There's a unification fights to come. Yes. There's a move to light heavyweight to come. Yes. After what he's just come through with the World Boxing Super Series, the amount of money he's just earned. He's been off for a year, near enough. I know, he's been yeah, chilling, exactly. man. The fucking, the, you know, beating George Groves, becoming a world number one. For me, this is a this is a coming out party in New York. Enjoy yourself against the tough, durable middleweight, but someone that has got questionable chops. Mm. Show the world what you've got, son. I think, I, I think it's... A, I ain't, I ain't disputing All right. the opponent necessarily. With that then in mind... Hasn't Dam's probably top 10? With, with that then in mind, how quickly is Callum out after this fight 
and what's the level of opponent? Just to justify what you just said. I think it's a unification fight, absolutely. Listen, we all know what they're working towards. We all know, because Stephen was on the fucking show last week and told us that all roads right now leave to Canelo. They want Canelo in September. They're willing to go to America, whether it's Vegas or Dallas Stadium. Where yeah. you know the, the, the Smith family would love Dallas Stadium because that's where Canelo beat Liam. So they'd love to take their little revenge in the same neighbourhood. But listen, at the end of the day, they'd love to get Canelo over here. And there's been talk of Canelo potentially coming over here. And if it doesn't happen in September... If How they... realistic is that? Well, Cane... they're being told that they're writing the question. The problem is Canelo is more about Triple G3 because yes. there's more money in it. Yes. So that's more like more likely for September, which would then open up potentially Anfield or, because it's cheaper, Wembley in May next year for a... Super middleweight unification, but he can't Callum just fight once a year. So he has no, to no, fight but in September, doesn't he? Agree, he and, he, and he'd probably try and pursue another belt. Okay, there's guys out there at the moment. Let's be honest, whether whether you believe he's a, a legit super middleweight or not, but John Ryder stands up as a title defense next. So you, you defend against John Ryder. Yeah, at the but end the, of the year. yeah, but come on, the fans don't want that. The fans no. want to see Callum Smith, Smith in the, the best. They want to see him against Billy Joe Saunders if it's not Canelo. That's yes. what they want to see. Well, I don't know about that. I think they do. I think the British fan that, but that's not going to happen. We know it's not going to happen. I'm just saying what they want, the expectancy yeah. level. So if the expectancy level... Unifications. There, yes. So if the expectancy level is Billy Joe Saunders, mm-hmm. then you've got to meet that expectancy level, even if it's not Billy Joe Saunders. The Canelo one obviously supersedes that. Of course it does. Yeah. Triple G supersedes that. Of course it does. The likes of uh, a Eubank Jr. isn't it? Those types of names resonate with those casual fans, don't I think they? Eubank Jr. is easy to make. Right. Those ty- are the type of fights that have to be made. It's got to be big, stellar names. With all due respect to John Ryder, if you're saying Callum Smith, John Ryder, I don't think the majority of fans, even the hardcore boxing fans, are going to look at it and go, really? No, I agree. I, I put John Ryder in the same category as, uh, well, probably a little bit less than Hassan Dam, to be honest with you. Mm. Even yeah. though he's just had a wonderful win in the United States, uh, John Ryder. Sensational yeah. win. Of course, I agree. But there's levels to this game. Callum Smith had just fought George Groves. That's a massive name. Ring number one. And he's beaten him and he's become number one. Yeah. He's got to fight top boys or move up and fight top boys there. Well, Ramirez has gone, obviously. Billy Joe Saunders, the new WBO champion. You know, in any other world, you'd be like, fucking Darrell. Make the Darrell fight, get the WBC belt instead of just having the diamond belt. 100%. But the problem is, how many times did Darrell fuck Callum Smith? Yeah, he's a shithouse. He's a coward and he's shit as well. He's a shit world champion. He's got a black WBC belt that he shouldn't even have any have anyway. Like the WBC handed them that belt. They pursued him for two years to become their champion for whatever reason. Darrell isn't fit to lace, lace, uh, lace Callum Smith boots. And I think in any other world, Callum Smith would jump at that fight, but they know Darrell will pull out, fuck them about, delay them like he has done on more than two occasions mm. previously. Mm. So I think for me, if Canelo doesn't happen in September, He's probably going to look at, even though the belt's not worth anything, Eubank Jr. Yeah. Because that, I'm all right with that. Yeah. As long as we're working towards Canelo, yeah. and it's real, and it's going to happen within the next 12 months, if you're fighting a Eubank Jr., and even, well, I mean, I'm talking September there, and if you're going to start in the start of next year to have another fight against the... Yeah, I don't know, maybe to unify and get another one of those super middleweight belts to set up May, June, July, yeah. Canelo. I'm sweet as a nut with that. That's, that's for me, the plan for Callum Smith, the big monster fights. You don't want to see him, you know, taking on levels of uh, a Rabrassa or, no. uh, or an Endam, with all due respect. Yeah. You don't want to see those well, fights Well, Ke- Caleb Plan fights Mike Lee, doesn't he, for the, defending his IBF belt. That's in July, I think. 
So potentially the winner of that then in the unification that would for me that goes above Eubank Junior. I'd rather see yeah, Callum it's a unification. add another belt, a proper belt, than than go down the Eubank Junior route. But the Eubank Junior would make financial sense here in the UK. Just doesn't really sell that much over in the US. But but again, I think they're just kind of. I mean, I'm talking here. This is us. This is us. We would 100 percent and people listening to this show in particular, the type of person that listens to this show, Callum Smith, Eubank Junior. All you got to do is say that, and people are in yeah. straight away. Eubank Jr. brings eyeballs. Whether you rate him or not, he brings fucking massive eyeballs. Both yep. men have beaten... Uh, the, uh, George. You know what I mean? Let's get in. And there's a narrative there, isn't there? Because George was injured. Potentially. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, listen. Again. Hassan Dam this weekend, I think. You know, he's, he was dropped... I think he was dropped six times against Lemieux as a middleweight. He was dropped three or four. Who did he lose to? He lost, he lost a couple of middleweight, didn't he? He lost to... Uh, he lost. He got dropped a couple of times too. Not against Morata. Well, his fight against Martin Murray last time out. Quinlan, Dan. Peter Quinlan dropped yeah, him yeah. a couple of times as well. Listen, I thought Martin Murray beat him. <laughs> I've got to be honest. Maybe I was I had rose tins of glasses on that night, but I thought he beat Ndam in Manchester. But regardless, I think it's a good opponent for Callum Smith. I think Ndam at this stage he's tough, but he's easy to hit. I think he'd be. Tough. He's probably not going to last five, six, seven rounds. I think Callum Smith. It's a big. Big stage for him to really make a put a stamp on it. Mm. For me, for me, the best the fight I'm kind of looking forward to most on the bill is Katie Taylor. I yeah. fucking love Katie right. Taylor. On I the, am the biggest Katie Taylor fan. Have you watched the documentary yet on Netflix? Yeah, it's fucking ace. Mm-hmm. Can't stop watching it. She's amazing. How many times have you watched it? Six. Mm. Um, this is a real fight. This at the weekend. That's right? the best fight on the card. Delphine Pearson hits hard, mm-hmm. very very hard. Now. We, you can get carried away with the Katie Taylor train, right? Because we see it on Sky Sports. We hear Eddie. We see Katie Taylor fight. And I, again, I don't want to be patronising, but I would guess that a lot of people listening to this don't necessarily follow a lot of women fighters. And they follow Katie Taylor because of the way she goes about it and how entertaining she is. And they bought into the story and they think that she's the best thing since sliced bread. You're probably right to think that. But Delphine Pearson hits hard. Her head movement will let her down in this fight. I think Katie gets to her at some point. But I think Katie's going to have to come through something here, mate. Because Pearson really whacks. And if she catches Katie, you never know. We just might get a situation where Katie's asked questions that she's never been asked before in the professional game. Yeah, listen, I'm at the point now with Katie where I want that to happen. Yeah. I want her to define her legacy because at the moment... You want her to be on the ropes a little bit. Yeah, I just want her to, to be able to show us that she can do that because she's so dominant. She's so brilliant that no one has really pushed her that hard you know what I mean she's had a couple of wobbles here and there but nothing really serious I want to see Delphine drop her maybe I want to see Katie get up and go come on then and show us what she's all about like these are for Katie Taylor these are the legacy defining fights you know she's fighting the WBC champion she's already got every other bloody belt is, is this for the ring magazine as well do yeah they, they do make ring magazines yeah. do the yeah, women they've made brilliant it, yeah. um, this is all the marbles and this was like to nail Lightweight division, and then potentially move up to super lightweight after this, and start a whole new campaign for Katie Taylor. I think it's absolutely the the best fight on the card. How mad is that? Mm. AJ's debut and in New York, it's packed, and the fight of the night on the card on paper, mm. the trade fight, if mm. you like, is Katie Taylor versus Delphine Pearson. Absolutely, mm. but it won't be fight of the night. Do what you know what fight of the night will be? Go on. 
Algeria against Tommy Coyle. Yeah, 100%. Fucking course it will, man. Of course it will. We're just going to throw down. That's what Tommy does. Tommy isn't going to give a shit. No. He's just going to walk out as soon as the bell goes. He's going to walk straight. He's not. He, there's not going to be <laughs> much lateral movement. He's just no. going to go straight and he's going to go, let's have you. Let's have it. It's a great fight. It's a brilliant fight. Imagine though. I mean, this wait. renaissance that Tommy Coyle's on under at this moment in time. Two and a half years ago, we were speaking to him. And he's like going, all right, lads, I'll probably have one more. It might be in Hull, you know what I mean? So I can say bye to the fans and all this type of stuff. But the re- the rejuvenation in that VIP gym in Salford, where he's been working with Jamie Moore for years. And then you've got the likes of Frampton coming in there, Rocky Fielding coming in there, Martin Murray coming in there. He's absolutely thrived off that environment as Tommy. And to be working with someone like Carl Frampton and Carl Frampton telling you're actually quite decent and to stick a bit of confidence on him and then he goes into the ring and puts in career best performances against the likes of Masha Dodd and all these types of lads, it really has. He's riding the crest of a second wave here, isn't he? And if he can put this cherry on top of the fucking cake, a former world champion in Chris Algieri at Madison Square Garden... He's a fucking fruit and veg seller, mate. You know what I mean? A very good fruit and veg seller. He's got businesses all over uh, the northeast. I'd say something. What a fucking crowning story that is. It would be the best. It would be the best. And you know what? I would love it. Uh, and he's a top kid. I would love. I would love nothing more for him to beat Algeri and take his gloves off and go. That'll do me. Madison Square Garden. Nah, fuck that. Just beat a former world nah, fuck contender. It. That'll do me. Nah, get I'm on the mic. Call out a champ. That's. <laughs> nothing. You, I don't think you'd what a way to wrong. end. What a way to end wrong. his career because you know, Tommy knows he's on borrowed time anyway, and that's, I think that's part of the reason why he's one performing so well. Yeah, and two enjoying it because all yeah. them things combined, he's like zero pressure on him. It, this is like the swan song. Just enjoy this bit. You you won't get to next. You could wake up next week and you're not a professional boxer no more. Mm. So just enjoy it now. Enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he's performing so well. I would love to see him do it. Obviously, if Algeri's anywhere near what he was before, I think it's going to be a tough night for Tommy. But the main thing is he'll go out on his shield regardless. And if Algeri's not up to it, he'll get run over mm. by Tommy Coyle. Tommy, at the weekend when I was speaking to him, said that obviously, apart from beating Chris Algeri, his mission whilst in New York is to uh, debag Anthony Joshua. So <laughs> make sure you've got your kecks fully tied, Ant, right? Because he's coming <laughs> after you, mate. <laughs> Can you imagine if he manages to get that? He'd get the shit kicked out of him, he wouldn't he? Yeah, just a bit. He'd get fit. He don't give a fuck, though. He'd have a no, go. He probably would, yeah. <clears throat> speaking of having a go, who's going to get the knockout of the night? Are we going with Josh Kelly or are you going with Boazzi? For the big finish. I'm going with Joshua. Oh, well, of course. I'm going for the big man. Yeah, of course. I think the big man will get the finish of the night. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting with Josh Kelly. And uh, because he, he took a lot of stick last time out, didn't he? Yeah. I don't think he gives a fuck, but no. he did get a lot of criticism. So it'd be interesting to see how he approaches this particular fight, whether he is still giving it the flashy flashy, or he goes in there and says, right, I'm just going to absolutely do a job here. Yeah. If he does a job, be interesting to see how then the American fans react to him. I'd like to see a little bit of flashy because the Americans love that. I think I think that's the only way Josh can fight. I think he is a flashy fighter. That's just the, what what's going to happen. I think it was just more his last fight. It was more the fact he did get tagged once or twice, and didn't really respond to it. You know yeah. what I mean? And there was no like reaction to it to go. Oh fuck! I've just been it there. It was just like whatever. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. It was weird. It was it was a strange performance. He was outstanding. He didn't didn't lose a round. He dropped the kid a couple of times. But there was just moments where he was getting tagged and there was no response to getting tagged. He was just like, whatever, I'm getting caught on the chin. It's not a problem. Mm. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You step up and get caught on the chin, mate. You'll get knocked out. So mm. 
that that was what was unusual. It's not like he improved his head movements or anything. He'll start slipping shots. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing the reaction. He's fighting a veteran, Ray Robinson, who's been around the block a few times. Not Sugar Ray Robinson. Not, certainly not Sugar <laughs> Ray Robinson, no, no. Like Sweet X Ray Robinson, I think this is. But he lost to Sean Porter, this guy, in about 1984. Mm. He's been around forever, so listen, he's, he's the right type of opponent for Josh Kelly. Listen, there's enough, there's enough there to get you excited before the main event. Boatz is obviously fighting. Tommy Coyle's in a cracker. Josh Kelly hopefully comes through his, and he looks devastating. Katie Taylor against Delphine Pearson, as Nick says, will probably be the fight of the night. And then you've got the main event. You've got Joshua versus Andy Ruiz. Now, I'm amazed, right? Amazed at the reaction to last week's podcast, where you're on here giving it the... Deontay Wilder is the A-side, right? Yeah. That's what you were saying. You made a lot of valid points that Anthony Joshua needs a, a knockout, sensational, yeah. viral moment this weekend. It needs to go crazy and everybody needs to be jumping on the bandwagon. That he's, he needs to be reminding everybody, as you said last week, who the fuck he is, right? Exactly. That's what you said. And we were all on board. And then you went, Deontay Wilder is currently the A-side. And I went, keep speaking, because this is going to go mad. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. But then I was amazed at the fact that the amount of people that listen to this show were going, I'm actually with Nick on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're amazed. The, I was making some fucking valid points, that's why. Yeah, but to say that Deontay Wilder is the A-side in a negotiation with Anthony Joshua, I think yeah. he's a little bit off the mark. Okay. Anthony Joshua, for me, is always the A-side at this point. As he's an undefeated champion with three of those belts, the commercial revenue that he brings to the table is the A-side. Yeah, okay. But I understand your point of Deontay Wilder brings those moments, those... What the fuck was that moment? Mm -hmm. He brings that. And that is worth something in negotiations. Yes. So if you're only going to pay him X, Y, and Z, then you're talking out your ass a little bit. What you need to be doing is giving him a first shake. You need to be showing him the whole pie. Yeah. And you need to be saying to him, right, I'm taking 55% of that pie. You can have 45% of it because I value, one, your belt, two, who you are as an undefeated champion, and three, this thing that you keep doing where you're knocking dudes out in the first round. And you know what? And that's a viable conversation if AJ does want himself on Saturday night. If he does a viral moment, if he does a sensational knockout, if he if he goes, if his finish goes viral the way Wilder's finishes or fights go viral, then Anthony Joshua goes to the table and goes, here's the big pie, 55's for me, 45's for you, but that's how much it is. This is how much it is. Everyone's clear on that. Yeah. Let's go. And that's Let's fine. go. But if this B-level fighter takes Anthony Joshua into deep water, and there's no reason he will, and there's absolutely no reason why he should, um, then Deontay Wilder is the guy going, couldn't give a fuck about your pie, mate. I've got my own pie over here. It's got Tyson Fury's face on it. We'll make, we'll do what we're going to do then. You bring nothing. Because Anthony Joshua has got to remind the world who he is on Saturday night. And all the pressure's on him now, more so than when it was the, the drugs freak. Because at least the drugs free was legitimately ranked in the top five, six of most people's well, he's on the way to becoming a WBA mandatory, wasn't it? That's where he was at. Andy Ruiz is fringe top 15. He's mm. certainly not top 10. Mm. He's fringe top 15. He's a fat pudding. With all due respect to Andy Ruiz, he's got no business being in the ring with Anthony Joshua. Six foot two, fucking 250 pounds or whatever he is. So what does Anthony Joshua have to do? T tell, me the, tell me what has to happen. On, at the weekend, I'm talking length, no mercy. Of, le yeah, but length of time that they're in there for, what has to happen? Just If this goes more than three rounds... Train wreck them. Right, so just get in there and Mike just Tyson... Just smash them to bits. Forget about carrying anything. Forget, forget about you know using jabs and various things like that. Just get in there and absolutely no, smash him to bits. Obviously, it, you know, he's got the size and reach and physical advantage 
over a man who's six foot two and two hundred and sixty pounds. And do, listen, don't drink from the Kool Aid or this Sky Sports. Oh, he's got the fastest hands and a heavyweight division. Fuck off. He's a fat Mexican bloke. He's got no business being in the ring with Anthony Joshua. He will get smashed to bits. But and if he doesn't get smashed to bits in three rounds, Anthony Joshua is not the A-side. All right, then. So he, he once was. So is three rounds your cut-off point? Yes. Three rounds is your cut-off if point. If this guy goes longer than nine minutes, if this fight is... If I'm still watching this fight after ten minutes, then it's a failure for Anthony Joshua. Failure. You can't... You, this guy's not fit to lace his boots. He's got no business being in this ring. And Anthony Joshua needs to show the world that. Don't carry him. Don't be slow. Don't have a fight feeling out first round. You can't do it. This, the world is demanding more. We live in a social media fucking viral world. Deontay Wilder gets that. Billy Joe Saunders gets that. Like, this is where we are right now. You cannot carry guys. With all, going, going rounds with the likes of Pavekin or Pulev or guys in the top five, guys in the top ten of the, of the heavyweight division, I can kind of go, okay, yeah, Sam, you know, you want to feel them out. You've got to, you're risking a lot. You don't want to fucking walk into one. You've got to wait, wear them down a little bit first, then feed them that right hand to get it. The Klitschko's did it forever. Problem was, the Klitschko's killed heavyweight boxing. From the, We don't want to see that. I don't want to see Anthony Joshua soften him up for four rounds with the jab and then start going to the body. I want to see Anthony Joshua just come out like a lion and just go, you fat little fuck, watch this. <laughs> no business being in the ring with me. Smash him to bits. And I can't call him fat. Because he's the same height as me and weighs 260 pounds. I'm 200 pounds and I'm overweight. This guy's supposed to be a professional sportsman. I don't care about... Oh, yeah, but it might be genetics. Fuck off, genetics. There's not... He's fat. He's overweight. He's a beast. He's a beast and he's a professional sportsman. And he's a beast. <laughs> You're going in here, aren't you? Listen, I just don't want to... It's fight week. We're not in it yet. Sky haven't started the big build-up yet. And, you know... Obviously, the football finished today, the playoffs and all that. We've what, got the so Champions you, League and yeah, Anthony Joshua. And that's all we're going to consume this week is Champions League and Anthony Joshua. And by Friday, Saturday, Sky want you going. Oh, fuck, I better get £20 on my pocket because this little fat Mexican's got the fastest hands in the heavyweight division. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> don't let them fool you. Don't, don't drink from the Kool-Aid. This guy is a B-level heavyweight. Mm. That's it. And listen... I'm not even attacking Anthony Joshua about that because who else was he going to fight? Well, maybe... I was arguing he should fight Michael Hunter. He's also a B-level heavyweight. Mm. This guy's had to come in at late notice. My 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 thing is, this is what's really upset me. You know me, I don't get upset easy. Why didn't Sky and Eddie Hearn turn around and gone, you know what, Britain? You got us here. 80,000, 90,000 stadiums. You love Anthony jo- we love Anthony Joshua. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this for free. We're going to, no more pay-per-view. Joshua's going to fight this pudding for free. And that's it. You can't complain now. But the fact that they haven't, the fact that they've gone, it's pay-per-view, it's still pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, it's not uh, It's him. It's not him no more. We're going to bring in this rate replacement opponent. But, you know, don't worry, he's got, he's got the fastest hands in the division. Oh, it should have been Joe Parker. It should have been Joe Parker in New Zealand. So what? Joe Parker lost every fucking round against AJ. One of only two men who should have gone a distance with him. I include Carlos Tackham in that because the referee stopped it prematurely. I, I just, I can't get excited about this fight. All I can get excited about is that AJ reminds the world and me and me that he's the B side. That's all I want. Do you want him to get on I the mic? I need AJ Captain? to remind me. Do you want him to get on the mic and say, "Nick, there you go. Where you at? Yeah, who's the A side? Who's the A side now, bitch?" And I'll be like, "AJ, <laughs> I am sorry. I AJ, will never ever get that big cock out soon and let me suck it. That's where we are. That's where you're at. Aren't Absolutely, you? man. Absolutely. If AJ gets on the mic and says, "Nick." <laughs> 
Who's the A side now, baby? I'll be spitting me Jack Daniels all over the tap. Yeah. That sock will be all over that cock quicker than you can say fucking more hooker. Yeah, okay, it'll be Red Road anyway for the, champi- for the Champions League final. Yeah. What when you got I'll beat? be in bits. <laughs> but do, do you not agree? What, all right. What, what, what they would, need to get on the what would make Nick? Yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, because it is. What would make you happy then? How would you come away from Saturday night happy? 100%. He needs he needs a, a, a wilder moment from last week. That's what he needs. Yeah. It's not what the thing is. He's he's over the last couple of fights. Anthony Joshua has developed this thing where he's taking his time. He's sticking out his jab and you know and weathering a storm, figuring out an opponent and doing it. Listen, he's got finishes in that period of time, but he's got finishes against good guys, the likes of a Povetkin, for example. You think to yourself, no one stopped him before. What's the crack with that? Povetkin mm-hmm. had him a little had him going a little early on. He got the job done in the end. So nobody's going to throw a shade on him finishing him in the mid to late rounds there. Yeah. Absolutely none whatsoever. But you are right. This, to the to the average dude on the street who's going to be watching the Champions League, they're all buzzed up because they just watched Champions League and hopefully they give us a great game of football. And then you think to yourself, right, I've had a couple of Jack Daniels. What else is on? Fucking hell, Anthony Joshua's fine tonight. Right, go on then. I'll stick 20 quid on that. Let's have a little bit of a nosy. And... Don't get me wrong, I think you're going to get treated to some half-decent fights. Tommy O'Coyle will give you yeah. a good knock, and Katie Taylor will give you a good mm-hmm. knock. Hopefully Callum Smith gives you the yeah. sensational yeah. performance. Uh, yeah, hopefully there are, but then you're waiting up for the big man. It's going to be half four or five o'clock in the morning before you get a ring walk, and you think to yourself, right, come on, what's all this about? And you might not have seen any of the pre-build-up, yet. and the first time you see Andy Ruiz is then. Yeah. And you see this dude walks to the ring, and as you rightfully said, you know what I mean, he needs a bra to keep it all in. Yeah. And you're looking at him going, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Comparing to that Adonis that's in the other corner. Just spent £20 on this. Right, this better be brutal. This better be absolutely horrific. And if he goes in there and it's slow, jab, 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 and maybe gets, you know, tagged a couple of times on the inside with the Mexican fast hands, then all of a sudden you're going to start losing a little bit of patience, aren't you? What Wilder did last week against a geezer that is of a similar size to him, he didn't give a fuck. He just went in, he got caught. Um, when Brazil was on the ropes, he got caught, didn't he, with that overhand right, and he did stiffen him a little bit. Yep. But that added to the excitement of it. That added to the excitement, and, he, and now adds to the narrative of, of Wilder that he can take a dig as we've seen on several occasions in previous fights. He took yep. a dig in that fight, and within 30 seconds, his head was clear, and he was knocking the fucking dude out. Yep. That's what we want. We want street fight. And with all due respect, you know, I know he's lost to two big, big heavyweight title fights, but Brazil looks like a heavyweight contender. Yes. He's in shape. He's six foot fucking eight or whatever he is. He looks like a, like a monster. Whereas you're going to tune into this on Saturday night, if you haven't seen pictures already, and go, is this a piss take? Mm. Is this yes. a piss take? So therefore, you expect the Adonis to take the the small fat guy, as you say, out Big. quickly, very quickly. Yeah, you're probably expecting it within three minutes. I'll give you nine minutes because this is heavyweight boxing, right? It's his first one at Madison Square Garden, first one over in the states. It's going that's going to take its toll on him a little bit. It shouldn't do. Because he's no, no, absolutely, he shouldn't do. He won't take it taller, Mike Tyson. It's not even an it's not even an excuse because he's the A side, Adam. All right, the A side should be ready to handle fucking moments like this. The A side shouldn't need to be. I mean, Madison Square Garden, the first time in America, all that kind of stuff. He's the A side. He's the A side. Do the let's see you be the A side. That's all I want. Mm. And listen, people keep coming at us and going, "Fucking hell, he's just mad fucking um, Deontay Wilder supporters blindly." All you ever do is champion Deontay Wilder. I don't. I genuinely don't. I genuinely have kind of no allegiance. Obviously, push comes to shove, my allegiance really would be with Tyson Fury because he lives closer to me than either of the other guys and I'll probably relate to him a little bit more. Then, of course, it's Anthony Joshua because he's British and won an Olympic medal and I'm 
from Liverpool, so I kind of got something common British people. And last last in the pecking order would be Deontay Wilder, especially when he comes out with shitty comments, and I'm like, fuck's sake. But in the ring, in he's the, delivering. Yeah, that's it. In the ring, he's the man. He's the one that has just fought in two. He's just had an epic fight with Tyson Fury, and he's just had an epic knockout of the year contender. In And Andy Joshua hasn't even fought in any of that time. No. He, he, Povetkin feels like a million years ago now. Anthony Joshua needs to, I th- and I think I speak for a lot of fans on this, especially now people on social media were going, yeah, I agree with you about Wilder. Anthony Joshua needs to remind us all who the fuck he is, that he is the A-side. Mm. He needs to come out, Elton John, red piano, the full hits, fuck off, candle in the wind, face song, boom, this is what it's all about. Do you know what I mean? He needs a big performance. Don't come out with your new material. Come out with your showstopper. That's it. That's it. He's just got to come out and go, this little fat Mexican's getting smashed up by me. Watch this. That's it. That's what we want. Don't give me the new material, the new stuff off the new album. Exactly. Don't give me some B-sides. Fuck that. Straight in. Why did you go Candle in the Wind? Why don't you go Saturday Night's All Right for fighting? Straight in. Tiny Dancer. Tiny Dancer. Here he is. Tiny Dancer's on. Don't even know why I went in the Elton John race. I've no idea yourself, mate. But sound, whatever you're into. Rocket Man. That's what we want. We want Rocket yeah. Man at the weekend, and that's the name of the Cup podcast. Exactly. And the thing with Andy Ruiz Jr. as well, not to beat up on the guy, because I think I've beat up on him enough now, he's not a puncher. No. He's not a finisher. So there's no real power to be worried of. So it's not like AJ is suddenly going to go into a reckless abandon, throw his chin in the air and start winging away. But I'd love to see him just go straight forward, chin down, jab, jab, jab. There's one to the body. Jab, jab, jab. There's one over the top. Good night, Mr. Ruiz. See you at the taco bar on the way home, son. Sweet as. Done. There you go. Uh, That concludes uh, this week's show. If you uh, need any more fix. In association with Skybox Office. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the sponsorship. <laughs> Just fucking pissed all over that one, haven't I? Yeah. Oh, dear. We're not going to get that call anytime soon. <laughs> if you need a, a bit more of a fix on Madison Square Garden this weekend, Callum Smith's on the uh, Radio City Talk Show, so get stuck into that. Uh, there's an MMA show as well for you to download via our website, fightdisciples.com. You can get all our stuff on social media too, at Fight Disciples, Facebook and Twitter, uh, and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. We will catch you next week once Anthony Joshua has gone viral again. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.